bastard. Let's see who you really are. Max, cut! It's not unusually I say cut. A monkey, Wes? I mean, Jesus, you guys aren't even trying anymore, are you? What? The market research says people love monkeys. We love this monkey! Do so. See? Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host Mike. And try as we might, we can't escape Jay and fucking Silent Bob. Here we are talking. No. <laughs> Nor do we want to. Apparently, <laughs> I'm I'm saying that mostly in jest. Today we are continuing our trilogy and talking Scream Three, which does feature Jay and Silent Bob, but only briefly and. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a detriment or not, but anyhow, uh, one thing I will say is that I did visit this franchise fairly recently because Scream 2022 came out uh, earlier this year, and so I was like, oh, let's let's go through the series again, it's been a little while, and I watched Scream 3, and barely like a month or so later, we concocted the idea to include Scream 3 on Trilogy in Theory. I attempted to rewatch it, but it had just been too soon <laughs> i got a couple minutes in and i was like eh, i feel like i know what i'm doing and and that's not the case usually with this podcast because we usually try to uh, go back and watch stuff we haven't seen in a little while and so this is that rare episode where i i feel like i'm familiar enough with the movie and i didn't have to so I, i'm almost going no notes no off the cuff this is this is all improvised what about you it's interesting because I also I went through the entire Scream catalog before the 2022 Scream, which bothers my wife to no end that they uh, since it wasn't a reboot. Why are you dropping the numbers? Why are you making it complicated? Like you kept <laughs> numbers all the way throughout. <laughs> I guess the Halloween uh, films also, you know, kind of did that in 2018, kicking that off with just doing a uh, a refresh. Do numbers cheapen it in some way? Are we are we beyond numbers? Like, do you think with the next Scream they'll go back to it, or um, or would they have the audacity to put Scream Two, even though it's still <laughs> in the same continuity? <laughs> or or like make it worse uh, the way Halloween did, just like Scream some more, you know, some terrible mm -hmm, addition mm -hmm. to yeah. it. Yeah, there are no good horror franchises that are up to seven and eight, where, to the point where you're like, well, this is this quality is still high. So I think maybe that might be just a subliminal thing. Uh, and obviously you want to get as many people uh, to come to your movie as possible. So when you have a Scream 6, some people are like, well, I haven't seen the first five. So they can lure some people in by calling it Scream. I, I hate to say it, but it might be more of a marketing gimmick rather than a creative one. Yeah, I mean, you could go the uh, <clears throat> the Sony direction where they, uh, they shared... Spider-Man with Marvel and uh, <clears throat> you and I being fans of cheap charts and tracking like digital media, 
uh, when the uh, Spider-Man, the great crossover happened, um, Marvel had done nothing but improve the value of the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield slate because those films bump back up the charts. So, um, you know, don't 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 shy away from it necessarily. I do wonder uh, <laughs> as as their characters age out. That's one of the big problems I have with Scream Three. Actually, is you need a body count. Once you get rid of the nostalgia factor, once you kill off everyone we care about, is there anything left? Now, unlike you, so having watched this back in January when the the new version came out, um, I didn't feel the need to watch it again either until I I, I actually watched it again this morning because I told you I was excited to see Scream 2 in theaters. And what's interesting to me is Scream 1 and 2 are teenage favorites of mine, and I could probably quote the dialogue like the unfortunate Jamie Kennedy uh, in those films on on (laughs) Halloween or whatever he's watching. But yeah, I want to watch them over and over. Like I always come back. I'm always in the mood to watch them, especially like in Halloween season where we're going to release this in October. Scream 3, not so much. And going with our our theme that I think our diehard listeners can start to formulate following Godfather Part 3. Scream 3, not so much. That being said, having watched it this year, double dipping again i still was confused as far as like now how many killers were there again who who, who was it because i guess it's just my engagement level with it is so low compared to the other two that i quickly do not care and i was going to ask you now that we've you know you've attempted to double dip i guess are there iconic moments in this like perhaps you know spoiler alert for scream 2 uh randy mr kennedy uh, getting killed, like in the van, like are there are those iconic sort of kills that we have here? Is there is there a a Matthew Lillard <clears throat> amusing villain monologue that people can requote once? I don't know if Scream Three has anything that sticks. There are two moments that really make me kind of unfortunately cheer for one of them in Scream Three that I always remember, and it almost please say putty. I hate to please say, say putty. <laughs> Putty is great, and, and and I felt bad that he had to die. But I'm <laughs> of glad course he, he would, though. He was yeah. not going to be a survivor. There's no way. No, not at all. But I'm glad that he went out like a boss a little bit. Like he didn't just die. He he went out swinging. But the two moments that are synonymous with Scream Three, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob randomly being there. <laughs> I hate to I I hate to say, and I do kind of cheer. Which makes. In the, the murders of Woodsboro in the View of Schooniverse, then. It means that it's all part of one big <laughs> Kevin Smith continuity. Thank God they were New Jersey for most of it. And the other is seeing Randy back uh, for one final uh, time. And I'm, it's clever the way that they did it, even though uh, they attempted to have him back uh, completely because, I mean, he's such a fan favorite. But then you would cheapen the moment in Scream 2. So I'm glad that he's not back. But uh, we get to see him uh, help and, and guide his uh, friends. So I hate to say it, but you're right. In and of itself, Scream 3 does not have any of those standout moments uh, the, that the other films do. The reason that I'm less harsh on it now so many years later is because of the Me Too movement. Like there is definitely a seedy underbelly of Hollywood that is exposed in this movie. That doesn't even get talked about in biopic and drama. Well, maybe Blonde. I haven't seen Blonde, but it seems like that's kind of a skeevy... Uh... Boy, that's a fun time. It's a fun three hours, <laughs> let me tell you. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So it's not like gentlemen prefer blondes. Like it's not going to be a romp. <laughs> no musical numbers there. Anyhow, but yeah. So I like what Scream Three was kind of doing, and and it kind of adds a little bit to the meta aspect of it because I mean this in and of itself this. You are watching a movie, and you're kind of getting to see, uh, you're getting to peek behind the curtain, and it's unpleasant. So that aspect of it, seeing how uh, Sydney's mom was treated in Hollywood, and, and how she had to kind of leave with her, uh, with the experiences that she had, was very moving. It didn't add up to a very satisfying experience because, unlike the rest of the franchise, like it is just breakaway. You don't only have the one villain. And the villain here, uh, boy, how did you feel about the reveal? And Randy prefaced it. Uh, uh, Scream gets away with uh, with being um, with having traits of a bad film by acknowledging it. It's the only franchise that you kind of have to let it go. He says, like, whatever you know about you know from the first two films, forget it. You know, you might be misled. Uh, new information might be introduced, and that's what Scream Three is. New information. What did you think about our killer this time around? I mean, I think it speaks to it that I always, even watching it in a an eight month period, uh, forgetting who the killer was exactly. <laughs> it's my <laughs> sort of, um, I guess, fan denial. Like I'll, I'll decide. I'll dictate the uh, the family history of Mrs. Cindy Prescott. I don't need your horseshit. Um, I didn't mind as much the fact that she was an, an actress and she had a prior life other than settling down in this sort of idyllic uh, Californian town away from the industry. That That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm about to talk out both sides of my mouth. I do think that it's perhaps too obvious as far as the filmmakers themselves. And, of course, this is obviously going to be spoiler for Scream 3, so if you, if you care um, – would want the director of the movie within the movie to be responsible. Uh, that's also coming off of Scream 2, which I had a blast with. Love seeing it on the big screen. Thank you, Webb, for delaying this recording so I could do that again. Uh, and Fathom Events, what a, what a bunch of con artists. I don't get to use my Regal Unlimited <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um, you know, in that film, it was the, the, the film dork. Um, it, it's funny how Randy... I think he's accused the most, the video uh, store clerk in the first one, as far as like, well, you, sh you should be the most obvious. You're the one talking all of this like horror genre trappings and here are all the rules to it. It should be you. And for the sequels, boy, did they lean into that. It should be the one who has the most knowledge or the most fandom. Um, I think that stuff ages pretty well as far as uh, we see that with the Restore the Snyderverse and the internet that... Uh, the people who seemingly are the most passionate about these properties are also the most vile when, when discussing them. So <laughs> I think my problem is probably just the – maybe the actor himself, which I, I can't remember. What, this guy was on Felicity, right? I don't even know. I can't remember the actor's name. Felicity number one, not Scott Speedman who for some reason <laughs> – Scott Foley. That's who it is. Yeah, Scott Foley as Roman Bridger who uh, – is a Felicity alum. I do have that correct. This is a man who, as you're talking about the uh, the retconning, I guess, or the new information about the the history of the Prescott family. Uh, he was the one that apparently made the sex tape 
of his own mother after she had settled back down into this suburban community and gave it off to the film's original killer in the first film to, you know, seed his rage. However, <laughs> even though he's directing schlock, we have to assume that Stab 3 is as popular as Scream 3, which was financially very successful. Critically, I think this is 41% on Rotten Tomatoes and 31, 37% from the audience score. So this, yeah, this fits in with our Godfather 3. Uh, I have a hard time believing that the guy, like there is this, I don't, I don't mean this from a narrative sense, there is an, a literal framing device where he's going to frame Sidney Prescott as having lost her mind and coming to wreck havoc on Hollywood for making a fucking third <laughs> scream slash stab movie. <laughs> That's probably not going to play. So you have to buy into the fact that this guy who has worked his way up in the industry to get a big sequel um, as a directing gig <laughs> would throw it all away <laughs> to kill off cast members of his, of his film. <laughs> right. I figured this is something that would happen after maybe he like was uh, uh, trumped out of Hollywood, had a few misfires and bombs. I also find it funny that you, in your mind, had it that he was the writer when Scream 3, if anything, cares not a whit about the screenwriter. <laughs> 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 the, you know, the original Kevin Williamson uh, scripts here, apparently he had these designed and sold as a trilogy. He had like a little five-page outlines for like, here's what you can do in the second one, here's what you can do in the third one. He did that because he thought, given the, the horror genre, that he could sell the original Scream, which I guess was titled Scary Movie first, if he had plans in place. Like, see, here's what you could do with this. You can just print money. Um, he was too busy with <laughs> teaching Mrs. Tingle and various other uh, ventures at the time that he gave them an outline, which took place in Woodsboro again. And so they brought in uh, Jordan Kruger. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his uh, first name correctly, who was like, I don't know. I don't know who he slept with, but he was apparently like Miramax and Dimensions boy. Like at the around this time, he wrote the script for Reindeer Games, uh, let's see, Arlington Road. And they brought him in. And he's like, no, no, fuck that. We're going to Hollywood. We're going to make this the player for, for the Scream franchise. <laughs> and I think that it's like a logical step. But then, of course, being the Monday morning quarterback, having seen the finished product, you're like, eh. Maybe don't go so meta. Like, it's weird to say that about the Scream franchise. Like, maybe pull back a little bit. But apparently, and I didn't know this, a lot of the tone of it was dictated by the uh, the Columbine shooting. Which is weird, because the characters are old as fuck now. They were already too old to be playing high schoolers in the original. And now they are playing adults with, you know, years removed from, I think probably even more years removed than the actual film's release dates, right? It seems like this has taken place at a longer stretch than, you know, four years after the events of the film. The So they were dictated to, as far as, um, this is what uh, Craven has said, that the violence need to be toned down. And they actually contemplating showing no acts of violence on screen. For Scream 3. <laughs> Craven, wow. God bless him, held up his hands. He's like, look, do, do you want to make a Scream movie or not? Like, I understand we're not going to have, like, it's not, we're not going to have any sequences set in a school. Like, you know, these are all adults. There's no, you know, mass shootings. It's, it's stabbing. It's a staple of the genre. Like, it's a guy in a fucking costume, a Halloween costume. And they're like, you really want to try to do this without any on-screen violence? Like, what are you not... And, 
I don't know. I, I do think that Craven himself was probably having more fun with it as far as the Hollywood takedown stuff. But I, I, I hate to be the guy, but I think you notice the lack of violence because before I read that, I'm like, Jesus Christ, where are the kills here? Where are the, the kills we care about? Like people get knocked out. They get thrown to the side. Uh, one character who is played by God at this fucking cast. This also is not, Emily Mort- Mortimer who went on to uh, have, you know, a nice, nicer career than Scott Foley. Um, Very much so. I always have it in my head every time I fucking watch this web that she's one of two killers, that she's one of them. Because she just disappears. <laughs> she just, like, you know, and I'm like, oh, she disappears for a long stretch. And even in the Wikipedia entry, because I went back to read, like, what? I watched it this, this fucking morning. What happened to her? It just says she apparently goes off to be killed. <laughs> for a second and go back to the original what was your experience like with the original film i i remember catching i was i I may have been too young or unable to see it in the theaters because of the violence at the time i wasn't able to get it to hell i tried to sneak into scary movie and they wouldn't let me in i could actually see that more so than scream with the massive uh, semen webbing to the wall of a young lady. I could see, I could see <laughs> the way American culture is any sort of sex jokes. It's excessive. Yeah. No violence. Yes. So yeah, I understand right. that. Uh, so I had to catch scream it, it complete in like from start to finish in a edited version on television. But even the edited version at the time was TV MA when those TV ratings came out. Hot even shit. with the Emmett. Young Webb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched it and I completely loved it, even though I wasn't aware of all of the genre um, cliches that the film was making fun of. I actually was taught more about horror through the original Scream rather than following all of those other franchises on my own. Uh, and Scream 2 was a revelation, uh, which I I, I think it, it borders on, on uh, being better and we talked about sequels and whether you know is it a truly great one i feel like scream 2 might be there why don't you tell me uh, how how you came to scream and and how your experience of scream 2 was on the big screen i want to hear that as oh. well oh um well i think my you know it would be nice to say that i was there <laughs> day one opening weekend because uh scream was one of those old-fashioned unexpected box office hits word of mouth type things came out what like a couple weeks before Christmas, which is not necessarily like the time to launch uh, a new horror property, uh, unless it's oddly Christmas related, which usually comes out like the week after Thanksgiving. But being like a movie kid and like you know, God, I remember like a website called Mister Showbiz. I think was bought out by Disney and like reading all like the little trade articles and reviews and here's what's coming, here's what's cool, all of that. Um, I was anticipating, I was waiting for it. Um. I would have been in middle school when Scream came out. 
So my you know my way of watching it was not bad. Even though I missed it in theaters, I got to watch it uh, VHS rental at like a sleepover with a bunch of my buddies, like staying up late watching the slash movie, trying you know talking to the television, <clears throat> trying to guess who the killer was. Fantastic! I, like uh, obviously was going to fall for this, and like you, I missed the '80s slasher time. That was before. I would have been conscious or would have been appropriate for me to be following those, those series. <clears throat> so for, I was, I was excited for scream Two. scream Two is one of my favorite theatrical movie going experiences of all time. Because the first time I saw it Friday night opening weekend that, you know, they, almost a year later, they, they rushed it out to, to get a sequel. And I was such a proponent of, you got to watch scream that we probably rented that tape you know, seven or eight times because I watched it with my friends. Um, I, I forced my mom to watch it, who I told you before, even though you're, you're a, a known hater on this, this feed of the the film Fright Night, that that's one of my favorite movies. Cause it's the first scary movie. My mom let me watch. It was one of her favorites. So I was like, you got to watch Scream. So I'm not watching this. All of that shit's stupid now. She was like, that's, you know, it's garbage. It's just been trashed for a long time. Like, yeah, I was there in the early eighties when it was good. This is bad. I actually remember like us watching television and I was, I kept trying to get my mom to watch the first scream. She refused. And a commercial for scream two came up and I was so freaked out that I had not yet completed my mission to get her to watch the first scream that I was afraid. Okay. So now it's going to spoil who survived just by virtue of them standing there. So I raced across the living room to the television and turned the TV off and she cussed me (laughs) up and down. Like what is wrong with you? (laughs) So I eventually got her to watch it. She loved it. So I felt totally vindicated. And so she was like, yes, we will go see the second one. I told her the story. I was trying to stop spoilers from you, which she actually appreciated. She treated me like the valiant hero that I deserve to be. <laughs> and um, we went to see it on, uh, you know, opening night ish. I don't think there were Thursday night previews back in those days, but um, certainly as a kid who now would have been a freshman in high school when it came out. That was pretty cool. So my mom, my younger sister, my kid brother, uh, even my granny got into it. She she liked – she also – now she – I think she was a bit more of a pushover as grandparents are like when this kid is like, hey, watch this movie with me. Even though she had no affection for the horror genre, uh, she also enjoyed seeing people in peril and getting killed off. She had <laughs> dark sensibility. So when, when, when we went to see Scream 2 on Friday night opening weekend – they did the same thing as the opening of Scream 2 where they were handing out masks and those like little the little like glow in the dark like knives and so it was like very reminiscent before the movie came on of what we were about to see which made that opening sequence of Scream 2 very creepy cuz we was like oh shit we were living this and right as it went dark before the movie came on right after the last preview uh one of the employees came through the fire exit uh, screaming in full ghost face attire, running through the aisles and stuff, just for the first jump scare of the night. Fantastic! I, I fucking oh. loved it. And keep in mind, this is not like Alamo Draft House. This was not like a little indie theater. This was like a Cinemark, like a Cinemark Eight. And I just, I've always appreciated. I'm like that is seared in my memory. Like man, that is uh, possibly the greatest like opening weekend venture I had to the movies. Was that sort of thematic uh, sensibility that everyone got into? Loved it. I loved that your mom commented on how that shit was stupid 
in the 80s and now you know it's like now it's really dumb and it speaks to what a revelation the original scream was and is it revitalized the genre and it made it okay for you to enjoy all of those films randy that character was a revelation too he was he because he is us and all the more heartbreaking in what happens in scream too but he had to go he had like that's how you you know I think he was done justice. Scream is is one of those films that's I I know it's revolutionary, but I don't think people outside of the horror genre give it the kind of credit it deserves. I again, Scream Two is another one that I had to catch on television, TVMA, I, and it, I. <laughs> <laughs> so the complete opposite of your experience, but that's okay <laughs> because ultimately, you know, hey, we've got the. Uh, the Blu-rays and what now. So it's I mean, okay. all I'm saying is that I'm from an early age was pro bullying, bullying people and getting my way. <laughs> right. <laughs> certainly. But no, not only that, but like having the conviction of a supervillain, like, of course I'm right. The way I see the world <laughs> is 110% correct. And then we enter scream three where a lot of the characters are gone. You have to get a new crop. And the thing is scream two did add, a Jerry O'Connell, who is so lovely throughout the film. That little musical yeah, aside. Great grand gesture, like sort of song and dance. Yeah. Like he's really putting out there in a way that is, could be creepy, but not like Scream 3 has, because I tried to listen to the commentary track, which is bad. <laughs> like it's, you know, they're not, they're not insulting, but it's, if Scream 3 is too inside baseball, good God, the commentary track is extremely, because like what they're focused on is, uh, look at their hair. Their hair's different here. They had a tan for this sequence, and we wish, we, wish, we wish they didn't have a tan for this because it's too early in the production. It's like on and on and on. One thing they kept coming on was how much they enjoyed Patrick Dempsey, who I very much do not. <laughs> and I'm not just saying in general, but he lays it on so thick as the new possible love interest for Sydney, which is not totally accurate because she comes so late into the events of the film, which also part of the commentary track is because she was filming drowning Mona at the time. And that like track took priority over screen. Three. <laughs> so she was only there for like, I don't know, 12 days or something crazy. It's like, so they had, that's why they had to rewrite the script. That she's in hiding for half the film. You know, a lot of this is just, you know, they're working with what they had. Patrick Dempsey apparently re- replaced an actor two days before production and came in to play the cop character, and he he is trying to key in, like, I'm possibly the villain. Everything I say is fucking creepy. I love horror films. Mm-hmm. I'm sur- What does he say? Like, what is what is your favorite scary movie? My life. And it's like, I'm surrounded <laughs> by death and Hollywood. I'm like, come on. So, yeah, when you mentioned Jerry O'Connell, I'm like, now that's how you do a a possible red herring there is that the uh you know the the goofball boyfriend is creepy and his how much he aspires to take care of Sydney and love her and do something moderately embarrassing on a college campus. Yeah, there's just not like Parker Posey is perhaps the closest you come to having like a scream like character, but I never remember that because she's <laughs> she's basically playing Parker Posey. So I never associate her <laughs> with the Scream franchise. But she is I do think she is the one who is having the most fun with it. Uh like, you know, the great thespians of the of this era, Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy. Parker Posey takes a rightful place. We've got Jerry O'Connell. Uh, we've got Timothy Olafantastic. Uh, he's great. He, he, great. 
He is. And of course, my fa- personal favorite, Laurie Metcalf, who is wonderful. One of the, the things best. I also like about... I think oh. the best villain of the Scream series right there. Yeah. It pays homage to Friday the 13th. Because uh, you've got the first part as uh, the killer and the second one, the mother of the killer, which is the inverse of Friday the 13th parts one and two. So I like that a lot. A are they, lot. Are they trying to do that with Psycho in this one? Where she has dreams of like her mother talking to her, like her dead mother, like like they, they're oh. trying to like gaslight her, Sydney, and the audience into thinking like maybe she has lost it. You know, maybe that'll fit into the the framing subplot. But instead, I I just look at it like, oh, I guess she's stuck in the mountains and the killer can't get to her, so we have to have jump scares. Like I don't really look at it as like we're really having a Roman Polanski like you know woman having a meltdown in isolation. It's like Craven's just work with what he had. Which is a shame because you'd think after two blockbusters, like you'd kind of let Craven do what he wants. Okay, we need Nev Campbell for this script. Let's wait a little bit. And for, like, for whatever reason, whatever you think about Sonic the Hedgehog, they delayed production because like we made a mistake with this CGI and we're going to fix it. And it paid off. That That is a f- new franchise for that uh, <laughs> now- studio. As of this recording, I'm seeing that brought up as a means for the fandom to fix the <laughs> Mario voice for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Just kill me now, Webb. Just <laughs> get me out of this this world. <laughs> so Scream 3 happens, and again, I don't watch it. I have not seen any of the Scream films theatrically. And not now that we know... Oh, you didn't even that- see the new one? I, oh, wow. I had a kid, and I had nobody to go with. I and I, as much as I would love to be that guy who's like, "All right, peace, wife. You take care of the kid. I'm gonna go to the movies. <laughs> I don't have it in me." My wife is taking a, a little bit of a sabbatical, uh, not for me, but just going to visit family in India, and also taking my daughter with her because she's never seen so many of our family members there. I will have a month or so to do whatever I want, including watching uh, stuff like Knives Out. And if Ryan Johnson uh, <laughs> releases the commentary, I can go watch it again, as there I did too. last time. Webb so. is bringing back the theatrical exhibition industry, single-handedly, <laughs> for one month. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is what you've been missing, baby. And all of a sudden, yeah, f- movies are back in theaters. Fortunately for the Scream franchise, we moved on from 3. It's no longer a trilogy. And I actually dig Scream 4 quite a bit. And uh, Scream 5, we might uh, uh, include it among the, the many films here on Trilogy and Theory. So uh, we'll hold off on, on um, our, our Now that we've spoiled... That. The original trilogy, we're giving you a heads up that if you want to watch the the following entries, uh, you may want to do that. Certainly. Uh, just, just a couple of sides. Uh, also, uh, one of the things that Scream 3 had, a lot of these cameos. You know, there's Jay and Silent Bob, obviously. We have Carrie Fisher, who shows up for a scene and makes fun of Star Wars a little bit, and herself. Uh, even my wife, when we were going through the franchise, and she spotted Carrie Fisher, she's like, oh, it's her. I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and for a second, she had to wait, do the double take because of the dialogue. Like, no, I, I'm not her, but I look like her. She's like, wait a minute, is it? I was like, no, it is. It is. Um, we get to see Roger Corman, who is uh, a bit of a legend uh, around these parts here. Um, and Heather Maserato, I will, always, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for her. And I don't know if I've told you this story. I may have. But I took one of those 
which celebrity is your uh you know perfect match quizzes <laughs> way back in middle school or so or or high school and i got heather moderato you got I, welcome I, to the dollhouse as <laughs> and every film that she's in i i always oh she shows up as not advertised or whatever it gives me great pleasure to see her acting and living her best life. That's why in Hostel Part 2, I, I was so scarred and, and very much uh, upset. But I don't know, did you see Hostel 2? No, I never got into the uh, torture kind of pornish uh, cycle of the horror genre. However, I am aware of that particular killing because I think it was in a lot of... Uh, think pieces of the time uh as far as like jesus christ this is what's going out uh nationwide and so yes i'm unfortunately aware of your celebrity crush's uh untimely death in that film certainly i will say i i dig hostile part one quite a bit two is terrible uh and three is was a direct to dvd which i didn't even bother with so uh yeah so, uh, unfortunately it seems like uh with with <laughs> dialogue like my life is my horror movie <laughs> we've got coppola writing this script <laughs> secretly we've got uh, a bunch of characters that we don't care about and and the the concept of the third movie is always the worst living out in scream 3 but let's see let's job, see if guys. that continues good job craven and company you did it 